welcome to Epilog Media's pet podcast, Petonomics. This is your host, Isha, and today we have part two of our two-part special for pet care and health. Dr. Himan Thange is back to tell us all about elective procedures your pets may have undergone previously or you may consider for them in the future. We will cover elective procedures, some cosmetic and some not. So welcome, Dr. Thange, to this episode. Tell us a bit about these procedures we're going to cover today. Hello. In the previous episode, we discussed a lot about the health care and nutrition aspect. And uh, now we are going to discuss about the elective procedures to be done with the pets, dogs and cats. So procedures like uh, ear cropping and tail docking and dew claw removal. So these things uh, are majoritily like uh, people tend to go for it for the cosmetic reasons especially uh, ear cropping and tail docking. And we see them very prevalent in certain breeds too, like mostly Dobermans have cropped ears and dock tails and even in uh, sometimes pit bulls, sometimes boxers too. So could you tell us a bit about how that whole process has started? So most of these breeds are, uh, they are foreign breeds, first of all, and they are originated from either like very uh, cold parts of Europe where you know, almost nine months there is snow. And uh, if we look at their breed evolution also, like uh, in the good old days, they were used for some purposes. For example, Doberman or, uh, you know, even for that matter, Rottweiler. They are all German dogs and they were uh, used for some purpose or the other in the snow. So whenever they used to go in the snow, there was a fear and there used to be cases of uh, frostbite which used to cause uh, some amount of damage to the tail or the tip of the ear. So to prevent those uh, frostbite, they used to, you know, remove the tail and crop the ears. And uh, eventually, uh, later on, as the breed evolves, it uh, got mentioned in the uh, breed standards, maybe of the kennel clubs. And uh, then later on, eventually, even if that purpose is lost, even if the dogs are not being used for the, as a, you know, working uh, dog. Or even if they're in a hot climate. Yes. yes. Even if they were like, you know, uh, a country like India, the practices are still practiced. And some of the kennel clubs even do mention in their breed standards that, okay, this uh, breed's tail needs to be docked or... Uh, this breed's ear need to be cropped in order uh, for that dog to appear in the dog shows or any competitions. So uh, how is this process done? What is What age is it done? Who are the people who are doing these procedures? And is it safe? Is it functional? Because as you mentioned, first it started off with a function. It was a functional cropping or docking. Right. And now it's just become a fashion statement or a statement that will get you into some kennel club. Can you tell us a bit about the process of it? So basically all these procedures are done at a very early age, as young as a one-month-old puppy, especially tail docking. And before, you know, it became like a fashion statement or just a cosmetic procedure, it used to be performed by... uh, a veterinary surgeon because it's a surgery when you are doing something invasive or you are you know taking out some part of the body it has to be yeah. done by a qualified it's veterinary like an surgeon amputation on top of that it's not exactly, even just a basic exactly 
so it was done by veterinary surgeon in the past but uh, i'm not sure anymore and even though our animal welfare board of india for some time recognized these practices as you know useless and uh, absolutely unnecessary to some degree it is also a form of cruelty i would say so that was recognized by awbi of india and uh, they had mentioned it in their 2001 uh, prevention to cruelty law that uh, okay these procedures are not to be done they are unnecessarily and they recommended for veterinary surgeons to not do it but then somehow somewhere or the other these uh, prevention of cruelty to animals rules and regulations are not implemented then in the later on versions of the pca act these uh, things were not mentioned or somehow the ban was lifted and uh, then most of my qualified veterinary surgeons do believe in the fact that they are needless and many of them do not perform it anymore but then uh, there are breeders who you know believe that these procedures are useful for them to in order to Sell you dogs. know fetch uh, yeah. good price for their breed so they eventually get it done somehow or the other with or without so any the, the chances veterinary surgeons help a safe procedure when you are getting a pet at least in india so absolutely far. absolutely uh, these procedures are absolutely unnecessary and i personally strongly advise against them even with my own patients and even people who seek for uh, a dog or a pet for adoption so we've covered some aspects of it about the function now is there anything that aside from the risk of infection and unsanitary conditions and the fact that if it's not a good place your puppy was probably in pain while getting those procedures done does it affect their day-to-day life as adults is it like cats tails are important for their balance is that a similar function for dogs does it affect their hearing see uh, tail uh, not so much yes um, ear cropping yes it is bad uh, because when they crop the ear like almost uh, the part which is floppy and which is supposed to be like covering their entire ears it is removed for just the ears like to stand up like a little triangle up. left yes yeah. yes so that uh, creates a lot of exposure uh, to the air and light and possibly you know even rain also so uh, it can cause a lot of ear problems for the dogs it makes them more vulnerable to ear infections tail not so much i have a boxer adopted boxer who's now 8 9 years old i wonder how he would have been with the tail because uh, you know there's so much expression in the tail yeah. when they wag their tail when they you know uh, you know express themselves yeah, you know it's, in it's a kind like of yeah it's like a second face almost exactly exactly and we still look at his tail and that stump it, you know it wags a bit wags and i feel sad about it yeah and uh, sometimes even uh, if the procedure is not done correctly uh, it leaves a permanent kind of sore spot which you know opens up again and again into a small wound which can stay there for lifetime yeah and again this is in india especially your the chances of your new puppy having had those procedures done by a vet is is rare yes. so it's it's not a I, you shouldn't be looking out for dogs with these procedures done Correct. surely 
because again, demand, supply, correct, correct. being yes. a part of the problem, all of these issues come in. Uh, so declawing is another thing or declaw removal is another thing we discussed. Now that's, uh, as uh, some as I know, is not necessarily a cosmetic procedure, right? Yes. That has a purpose even now. Well, I have uh, myself not done too many uh, claw removals. But then uh, I have in a, in a St. Bernard puppy. So uh, sometimes the dogs have one or an excess claw, two claws they can have. It's okay. genetic. You can't do anything about it. But uh, let's say, suppose a big dog like St. Bernard breed. And it's having like a hanging dew claw, which is, you know, when they walk around with a huge paw, it it is very, very accident prone. And the St. Bernard, which I operated, was a small puppy, young puppy. And the owners themselves had a big St. Bernard. So they had a previous experience of, you know, accident with their uh, other pet. So they chose to remove it when the puppy was young. So, in such kind of cases, this is essential. But uh, in small breed dogs, it's not uh, as necessary as in a big breed dog. So, it's really only if it's giving you or the dog an issue, if it's too loose, yes. if they're old, or yes. if you had yes. previous previous experience with them injuring mm-hmm. themselves repeatedly. Sometimes it gets stuck somewhere uh, in the door or in a uh, leash it it anything can happen it can bleed a lot so it's better to take precaution rather than yeah you know. it's like our small toe which we keep stubbing into the edge of a table and yes. like screaming uh so could you just tell us what a dew claw is because people may not be understanding the well dew claw is uh, something which is uh, similar to the toe it's a uh, extension of the uh, finger you can say like uh, when the dogs are evolved actually their paw uh, it has only four toes now the fifth toe which uh, remains there it's rudimentary but it has uh, you know it is there so that is called as dew claw yeah, it's it like can tiny be little there. nub yes sometimes yeah. it can be there on all four legs sometimes uh, uh, some dogs have double dew claws so it's genetic you can't really predict who is going to have what so now we can move on to another elective procedure which is spaying and neutering to start off could you tell us the difference between spaying and neutering well they are uh, normally general terms we prefer spaying in a context with a female dog and uh, neutering is general terminology it can be applied to both male and female so in case of male, uh, the technical term is castration. Uh, but castration is kind of a... It has like crude, negative connotations. Or... Crude uh, term. So spaying and neutering is like referred... Spaying is referred to female and uh, neutering we can refer to both of them. Basically neutering means um, desexing. Like whatever the reproductive organs are there in case of male or in case of female. Removal of those organs, it's uh, basically what neutering means. Normally what we do is advise the paying and neutering to dogs which are not to be bred. If it is up to me, I would not breed my pet dog. Yeah, I don't think pet dogs should have Uh, children. I mean, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do once you have a litter of eight puppies? Exactly. And um, 
it's it's really hard to find good homes for them so nowadays um, even in all the western world for the pet dogs they normally advise mandatory neutering as soon as the pet turns 6 month old there are uh, several advantages uh, with spaying and neutering especially in female dogs there are uh, like several problems like breast cancer we call it as mammary tumors in case of dogs then uh, cystic ovaries pyometra false pregnancy there are a lot of those issues which are associated with uh, female reproductive system uh, what's a false pregnancy false pregnancy is like uh, uh, it's a little bit of uh, the meaning is there in the term there's no pregnancy but the uh, female dog believes that okay she has given birth to the puppies that is because of uh, hormonal disturbances imbalance in estrogen and progesterone hormone okay. so so there's like a physical change and a psychological yes, change both yes yes exactly both ways so they feel that they have given birth to the puppies and there is a milk secretion also so basically there is a lot of hormonal imbalance in the body and it can go on for a month or two in case of dogs and it creates lot of disturbances uh, they tend to eat less and it can be stressful i imagine yes. too so to avoid all these issues normally we advise to neuter them immediately after they get their first uh, reproductive cycle that is usually at the age of 6 months in lot of breeds there are of course several differences like some breeds might get it earlier also in some large breeds get it like later in the like say 9 months 10 months also so as soon as they get their first cycle and it is over normally that is the ideal time for their spaying in case of males there's no ideal time but you know it's it's good to get them also neutered because again in case of male dogs also there are several hormonal problems and several other prostate gland problems which are associated with uh, testicles so if we neuter them all those problems are eliminated at an early stage and it is scientifically proven that neutered dogs have much longer and healthier life so that is why so, we advocate spaying and neutering so are there any uh, disadvantages to let's say neutering your dog later in life neutering fe- neutering your female or male dog later in life so the thing is that uh, the problems which i mentioned uh, uh, mammary tumor or pyometra or pseudo pregnancy all these problems are age related also to some extent so the longer we wait the more there is a risk of these problems developing so the earlier we get the female dogs paid the lesser the chance of her getting all these issues. okay and uh, so but if you have a dog who's functioning perfectly fine let's say a male dog and he's a certain age if you get him neutered at that point it's not going to affect him adversely right is it going to feel like i'm missing something or where are these you know <laughs> i mean i don't so, think the dog understands uh, that but so many people i have heard that you know saying oh no i don't want to neuter my male dog because they become too lethargic but uh, that's not true lethargy and you know inactivity and 
uh, other issues why dogs quiet down after certain point of time is not related to hormones at all what we are doing in neutering is just we are removing the reproductive organs so which gives rise to hormones uh, estrogen in case of females and um, testosterone in case of males but these hormones directly they don't have anything to do with this lethargy issue the uh, lethargy is connected to the metabolic rate of the dog so basal metabolic rate it automatically goes down as the, the dog's ages. ages so oh, it is wrong to connect both these terms i accept that there is disadvantage in spaying and neutering the dogs uh, may put on weight because okay. of the spaying and neutering because of lack of hormones but that is also not true and there's also cost benefit what am i exactly. helping my dog exactly. not get in the future what is exactly. what am i exchanging for you know weight gain versus so and so issues but if the nutrition is right if you are feeding your dog right things if you are controlling their diet and carbohydrate content in it there is no risk of them getting uh, overweight and what are the exact processes of neutering and spaying i mean most people understand the basic concept is one day my dog will be able to have children and the next day they won't but what are what is actually happening are you blocking things are you removing things uh how does the process process work for each male or female so in case of female dogs uh, you know the surgery is a little major surgery because we open the abdomen and then we remove the ovary and uterus both and in case of males it's not that major because we just remove the testicles from their body and that's all the procedures is quite simple like we do that procedure almost every day at my clinic so it's a very very simple process uh, 90% of the dogs do not face any complications at all with these procedures it's just simple one uh, prior blood test we have to do once we make sure that there is nothing wrong with the dog all the blood parameters are normal and all we schedule them for a surgery they have to be fasting overnight and once they come in the morning they are given sedation anesthesia and the surgical procedure takes only like 30 to 40 minutes at the most and they are out of the surgery room and within 2 hours all the procedure gets done and the pet dog can go back home so what are some precautions you should take in that first week of let's say your dog getting uh, a surgery you know are you going to be able to go to work during that time what are the things your dog can and can't be doing during that period so normally that the surgery day we advise the pet parents to be at home with their pets because they are recovering from anesthesia and that day they are sleepy and you know like groggy they cannot balance themselves they try to get up and walk around but they cannot balance themselves so that particular day we advise them to be there on the second day most of the pet parents they come and tell me that we can't believe that he has had a surgery yesterday he's dancing and playing and jumping we don't want him to do that because he may remove his stitches but that's also like you know secure we make sure that we put a very sticky bandage on the stitches so that the dog themselves cannot lick and 
remove the stitches and uh, the outside stitches we remove it within seven days time the only thing that pet parents have to do is to give them an antibiotic and painkiller tablet for five days after the surgery that's all and it's more or less the same for females that absolutely absolutely same, same right. for both of so females. the recovery is not something that's going to completely yes, like disrupt yes. your day to day so and what are some other precautions in terms of like you mentioned weight gain so what is something parents can do or pet parents can do to make sure that things like weight gain aren't affecting their dog after getting what n- nutritional changes need to be made what kind of uh, activity changes need to be made so most of the dogs are foodie they will eat whenever and wherever the food is offered so most of the dogs like pet dogs especially labradors they are very very you know hungry always so the only thing that we request pet parents to do is reduce their snacks and whatever they are giving meals they have to be properly balanced with all the proteins vitamins and minerals and less of carbohydrate that's why we uh, advise after spaying or neutering to not give carbohydrate containing food at all like rice instead of that you can increase the vegetable content and protein content of the food which is like actually uh, either non veg protein or veg protein or even if for that matter in dog food also there are certain foods which are available which are meant for specifically animals neutered yeah. animals yes suppose someone wants to neuter their dog only because they're aggressive they have no other like reasoning like they don't care about the problems that are there so is there any other alternatives like to reduce testosterone um well uh, only again if they have no care about you know the reproductive or the future issues so people have tried yes uh, no doubt about it um some people who have multiple uh, pets at home and they uh, do not want them to mate or you know don't want to breed them then some people have tried birth control measures also uh, in good old days uh, they used to have a surgery uh, for birth control but uh, at the same time they used to keep the organs intact but then uh, we so something have... equivalent to like a human vasectomy yes something like that like a uh, ligations of ovary and uterus but uh, those uh, procedures are not ideal because we have seen lot of complications happening after the procedure like cystic ovaries or ovarian tumors are very very common after those birth control procedures and there were some experimental uh, procedure in case of male dogs also like vasectomy as you mentioned 90% of the time they fail like dog is still able to procreate i mean there's no point um, if you want to get it done get it done properly otherwise do not uh, fall for half measures yeah like another half measure which i was reading about recently which was like a little strange was like <laughs> this it was a tv show based on dogs and their solution to again their aggressive dog was uh, let's remove only one testes <laughs> i mean is that something that even makes sense to do for your dog <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not so the other testicle will compensate for the lack of one testicle there is one problem called uh, monarchism in dogs in which uh, one testicle is uh, at birth it comes out of the body in the scrotum which is the normal thing 
and uh, in monarchism the other testicle fails to descend outside the body so uh, the other testicle which remains inside the body is dormant but one testicle is working absolutely fine and that is a genetic issue which is passed from father to son or father to later generations of daughter also so there is no lack of testosterone <laughs> so it, it, it just compensates for yes, it it's just yes. going to take up the work so that was uh, covering an interesting thing i just <laughs> heard about this week while watching a, a show so i think that's uh, a good place to conclude i think we've covered most of our topics we've covered the pros and cons of spaying and neutering we've also talked about ear cropping and tail docking i think those were a little more controversial than declawing and neutering of course the latter which is recommended by vets um so thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to explain all of these things to us from the episodes series is part 1 where you discuss pet health and care and walked us through the essentials of your pet satisfactory life and now these elective procedures which a lot of pet parents are really confused about you know is this something that should be happening is this something that i can do easily what are the consequences what are the results for the pet parent themselves you know how is your parenting going to change uh so i think you've given us so much information about that thank you so much uh is there anything you would like to say to the listeners well uh pet parents whenever you take up a new pet please visit your nearest vet do not try and google everything or do not fall for what other pet parents are advising you go to the right doctor take a good consultation concentrate on their health concentrate on their nutrition and everything will fall in place each dog is different yes. they have to be seen as yes themselves so thank again. you so much So that's all for today's episode. This was part 2 of our two-part series with Dr. Hemant Thange of Pet Vets. We have covered all aspects that most pet parents need to know about the procedures they will face in their life. We've covered different health, nutrition, vaccination and we've covered different procedures that your dog may have to see in their future, things that you may need to do for them to have happy lives. So I hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next week. Meanwhile, send us your feedback on Twitter with the hashtag Petonomics. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you subscribe to our show. That's all for today and goodbye.